Right, you're, uh, you're going to need uh, to watch the screen uh, fairly carefully at points, so sort of bear that in mind. Um, the, uh, uh, let's uh, try and explain this as quickly as possible. Um, what's the best way to do it? Um, we're going to be using um, a set of published materials uh, which we came across last year. Um, it's going to take four to six, no, it's going to take six to eight weeks spread across the next two terms. So I, I expect that we'll have finished the material sometime uh, during May. Um, I found out about this guy from Carol who went to a meeting um, uh, uh, with um, the Westerns, the, uh, uh, the guys who lead Pioneer in the South, and Paula Weston said that she had been to a conference on deliverance, a privately invited one, at um, uh, King's Cross Church in London, which is run by Pete Hughes, Tim Hughes' brother. And they had invited a guy from uh, Toronto, um, not from the... Uh, a 1994 Toronto look-back thing, but a guy who leads Sanctus Church, his name is John Thompson, and he's spoken on that, so I read his book, as I do, on deliverance, and then had a look at what else there was. And he'd put together a course, which um, we thought was really interesting. Now, for the past six months, we've been going through, or I've been going through, and, tr and uh, the detail of it, and uh, I think it's worth doing, and I'll, uh, uh, I'll let you see that as we go along. So essentially what we're doing is rather than adapting sermons to small groups, we're adapting a small group uh, programme uh, to a bigger congregation. So most of the time we're doing this, you'll, uh, you'll be in breakout groups. Um, and uh, it will be interesting. Now, we're doing this in the context of so many great things happen, happening. Uh, Carol's right. It was almost certain that if we moved into the main hall, apart from breaking the bread, uh, it would uh, give difficulty, uh, it would create difficulty um, because it makes it harder for the people who are leading the singing. The one thing it does do, it means that we can do breakout groups without everybody listening to everybody else. Although, while well, you guys are sitting so close to one another, I don't know. So you need to move in a minute. Um, but the, uh, uh, it, was, it was inevitable, which is why I suggested to them that they shouldn't do it till Easter, when it would be more likely that you wouldn't have the usual round of coughs and colds being away. But do people ever listen to me? No, they don't. But anyway, there are so many great things happening in, uh, in Day Spring. We know that we've been left after a lockdown with a really skewed age balance. We had a skewed age balance before, but it was skewed to youth. Um, and the great thing about uh, uh, the experience we had then was, as well as having a group of eight or nine children, uh, there was that group of teenagers, but of course... The mystery there is that they were all aged 16 to 18. And therefore, they all went off uh, to university. At that particular time, we knew we were skewed because we'd got the biggest youth group in the area. 
um, and off they went to, uh, to university. And that does happen. Um, uh, I've been watching that happen since the very early years of my own ministry. However large your church was, you got these massive changes uh, with age groups, unless, of course, you were fortunate enough uh, to be feeding in from uh, you're in a city where other people came in when they finished, uh, uh, when they were at university. The, our location when we were in London was such that we used to get uh, a whole flow-through of people who had just finished uni um, because they would move out and they would be in places like Tottenham and uh, Romford and all stations in between where our congregations were, literally stations in between um, at that particular juncture. And it led to a very vital um, experience. In the end, of course, people did move away. But given the age balance thing, I think it's easy to see how many good things God's been doing for us. You know, people are serving over and beyond in Dayspring. That's absolutely great. You will be aware that um, if you have said, why can't we be doing this? There's been a tendency for uh, the guys in core team to say, well, let's just stay with what we've got because at the moment we don't have the capacity. We want to stay uh, within capacity. Uh, we've had, got a greater range of music leadership than in all the years that Dayspring has existed we have ever had. And for that, we're hugely grateful. Massive generosity. If you had a chance to look at our little top line thing we put out on Friday, yeah, you'll see that uh, we've come in because people have given over and beyond um, with a really positive balance. This year we've put it away and uh, the guys, I'm sure, will be seeking God to see what there is. I think God gives you money to use, not to keep. Um, we believe that where God guides, he provides as well. And, uh, and we're so grateful for that. I'm really, one of the things, little things, and... Uh, um, yeah, I do want to embarrass my friend. I always want to embarrass my friends. Uh, is uh, I, I have been overexcited by the fact that uh, Roy has actually got into writing original songs. You know, he put that communion song together, which is a blast, and I haven't seen that for years and years and years. And of course, Tony coming in with all those songs that he wrote, especially for uh, people with learning difficulties in the past. Uh, they worked really well with us, songs for people with learning difficulties. Um, and uh, as well, I've been affected by uh, the way in which the word of God through gifts of the Spirit has been happening. You know, it, 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 there are very few times in my life where somebody has come up to me and provided a word from the Lord through a dream. And that's happened recently, and there have been other words of exhortation and great things that have been happening. So, but within this, one of the things I think is great to come back to is that all the way through our history and all the way, and I think this is true of, of most other churches as well, we have not seen the kind of movement of the Spirit in powerful ways which will affect the people around us. Now we put our hands up to that, 
We're not super self-critical. We know other churches are there. We are not keen. One of the, one of the ways in which people often respond to this is that they suddenly gear up to engage in a performance of spirituality or a performance of charismata. Uh, and so they uh, push and press and, and, uh, uh, and emphasise, um, can you see it or not? But I'm happy for, uh, in my own life, for things to happen in the choir. I don't find there's much added to it um, if I get a word from the Lord in a big meeting uh, than if I have it with somebody talking to me quietly afterwards. I, I find I'm as likely to be touched by God in terms of sickness if somebody prays for me in a quiet setting as well as in a noisy one. And of course that's the thinking behind where we got to with the prayer table. Rather than call people forward, we call them backward uh, for prayer. Yeah? Uh, so you don't have to worry about people watching you or looking at you while you're being prayed for. So that's, that's what we're starting from. I think we're in pretty good shape at the moment. There are some good things happening. I'm sure you can criticise, uh, and as we do, all of us, we notice uh, things that are difficult um, in church. But within that, um, I want to uh, start off the session, this session this morning... Carol's going to be speaking next week. Uh, Dave was due to be speaking on the 11th of February, but he's going on holiday instead. And uh, Marion's going to be speaking on the 18th of February, and then we'll be moving through a couple of weeks. So uh, Carol next week, Theo's speaking the week after anyway. I think Rosie, you're doing uh, the week after that. Then we'll sort out what we're doing on the 11th, 18th is um, Marion, week after that is Steve, yeah? Yep. So uh, t- the problem is I memorise it all in my own head and then I, people say to me, there's nothing on the rotor, um, which is true, but it's all in my head somewhere. Probably with the wrong dates, but uh, it, the, the sequence is there. And then during March, uh, we'll get another uh, couple of sessions, in, uh, uh, one or two sessions in around Easter. Now, um, I need to sort of explain in a moment why uh, Thompson has used this uh, title Convergence, because it's not totally obvious when you read his book. Um, But he starts from this point. As well as Saviour and Lord, Jesus wants to be our model. Okay. And uh, I think the easiest way to start this is to think in terms of a simple story. Wendy uh, lived with her parents about when we were 18, about uh, four miles, five miles away from where I lived, and the last bus would go from her house at 20 past 11 at night. Sometimes I would have my bike, um, and with the lights going for me and uh, the... Uh, uh, with a Rory O'Brien frame and, uh, well, bikes were very light then um, and you could go very, very fast, sometimes ignoring the traffic lights. I, if I was on my bike, I could be home uh, before, almost by half past 11 anyway if I left late. But there was always something that made me not want to leave. Well, there's always one thing that made me not want to leave anyway. And uh, on occasion, I would see the bus 
going around the corner, the 62, going around the corner from the terminus. And I knew what I had to do. I had to follow the bus, just like I have to follow Jesus in my life. The problem is that the bus had got a whacking great engine, and I didn't. And the journey which would take me 10 minutes on the bus would take me three quarters an hour, 50 minutes, to do as I walked. And sometimes that's really where we are as far as following Jesus is concerned. We see Jesus on the, uh, as a, a big red London transport bus streaming away and people tell us to follow him and we do our best. But we've only got our two poor little feet to do it. Now how is it that as well as being Saviour and Lord, Jesus can become our model? And so these sessions are going to be about the way in which um, for Jesus to be our model, we need practices, spiritual practices. We've talked a lot about those. Uh, They're often called spiritual disciplines, particularly the personal and congregational disciplines. Coming together to listen is a spiritual practice. Engaging in corporate worship, engaging in solitude, in personal prayer, corporate prayer, Uh, silence, simple living, all those sort of things are spiritual practices. We've talked about those a lot. In fact, we had a chunk of sessions on spiritual pathways in the middle of last year. We also need uh, uh, to know the presence of God, the awareness of God. And uh, we need to know the intensity, because although God is with us all the time, there are sometimes when we recognise that presence and sometimes where we don't, partly, of course, because we don't pay attention. But if we engage in practices, through practices we become more aware of the presence of God and it is in those contexts that we begin to acquire the gifts of the Spirit that lead to the works of power. Because the gifts of the Spirit, according to Thompson, reasonable argument, are the only certain place where we can access spiritual power. It won't be in enthusiastic singing, it won't be in loud preaching or clever apologetics. It is God's intention that should happen through the gifts of the Spirit. And I want to just... And we're going to look at how that connects with Jesus this morning. just want to establish that as a foundation. But first of all, let me introduce you to John Thompson, who is the leader of Sanctus Church in Toronto. And let's see if I can manage to... Yep. I happen to live in Toronto, Canada, one of the most local cities on Earth, rated the top three most multicultural cities in the world. This is actually where God wants us to be right now. Okay. Here's the starting point. Okay, guys. Um, we, uh, we're not going to feed back on this, but uh, because the goal of, of uh, uh, John Thompson's goal in making that point 
is for us to be aware of the complexity of the situation we're in. Um, I would encourage you, if you want to uh, understand how that goes deeply, is if you get a chance to listen to a guy called Tom Holland, who's not a Christian, uh, although he sounds like it, and uh, somebody recently was writing, he's not a Christian, brackets, yet. Um, but uh, uh, he did a long interview on the rest is politics leading um, that was, was fascinating. It's fascinating because Alistair, uh, uh, the rest is politics leading is probably the, uh, uh, one of the number one news podcasts um, with uh, Campbell and Rory Stewart, is the name of the other guy, Alistair Campbell and Rory Stewart, uh, which were over Christmas, which was absolutely fascinating. But there is a, a, a thing that um, uh, Holland says, uh, and it's been, uh, it, let me just read this to you. I see no point in bishops or preachers or Christian evangelists just recycling the kind of stuff you can get from any type of soft left liberal because anyone is, everyone is giving that. If I want to know what I can get from, uh, if I want to know that, I can get it, and that's, this isn't very kind, from a Liberal Democrat councillor. Um, if you're a Christian, you think that the heart of the entire fabric of the universe, of the cosmos, was ruptured by this strange singularity where someone who, who is a god and a man set everything on its head. To say it's supernatural is to downplay it. I mean this is a massive singularity and at the, heart, at the very heart of things. And if you don't believe that, it seems to me that you're not really a confessional Christian. This is not a Christian saying this. It's somebody who's not yet a Christian. And if you believe that, it should be possible to dwell on all the other weird stuff that traditionally comes as part of the Christian package. It seems to me, largely from a cursory look at thought for the day, that there is deep anxiety about this, almost a sense of embarrassment. Oh, Jesus was just a nice guy. But it's all a lot weirder than that. With the supernatural panoply of angels and so on, ultimately, if this is to be preached as something true, the strangest of it has to be fundamentally, fundamental to it. And as we approach the gifts of the Spirit, we're looking at the weird stuff. Now, we'll come to know, the more we engage with this, that the really weird thing is the Western, educated, individualistic, rich, democratic mindset. That's where the real weirdness is. Because whether people like it or not, when they say all you need is love, and they've been saying it since 1963, the only way you get that is from Jesus. You don't get it from the Greek Roman Empire. There they would say all you need is power. Right? And then you do what you like. But all you need is love fundamentally comes from Jesus. And so the complexities that we face are such that it brings us back to saying that we so much need to see Jesus 
as our powerful model, as well as our Saviour and Lord that we salute. Now, this morning we were talking about light of the world. You came down with other songs there about that. Let's have a Bible reading, which you know very well. This is an ancient hymn and is from Philippians. Here it is. Jesus Christ, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Just to warn you, when Thompson talks about this, he uses the word grasped, didn't think equality with God to be grasped. And that is because he is undisciplined in using the Bible translation he said he was using. And he lapses into another translation for just one word and then goes back again. And it took me quite a long time to find out what he was doing in order to get it as clear as I could. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Okay, now this is the heart of what Johnson, uh, Johnson, Tom Johnson, John Thompson, is uh, endeavouring to establish, and we're going to listen to him. Okay, I wonder if you found yourself saying the same thing that uh, uh, Thompson does. Uh, let's uh, just pick up the Bible references he used when, Jesus, when people were being baptised by John. Jesus was baptised too, and as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice from heaven, uh, a voice came from heaven, you're my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. And then at the beginning of chapter 4, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And after that period, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and they were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. Okay, guys, um, you're probably just beginning to dig into uh, uh, this. One of the things that I think might be helpful at this point is to um, be aware of the fact that it is a perfectly natural thing to say, I just can't see us doing everything that Jesus did. Okay, let's stop there and say, forget that. That's not where we're starting from. We're not 90% Jesus, right? And we're saying, well, we can't make the last 10%. Let's start with taking a step forward from where we are. What, what could be? And what we do know is, guys, there is more. Let's pray. Oh, Father, I pray that uh, this time round it won't just be a case of getting all overexcited about the potential and then forgetting about it after a few months of uh, on and off disappointment. 
Lord, give us the grace to press through, to listen, to be able to put our um, incompetencies to one side and to understand that if you could do it by the power of the Spirit, then there's a heck of a lot more that we could see happening. Uh, Lord Jesus, we pray, be with us as we reflect on this, this stuff. Amen. I'll put the videos up on WhatsApp. Please don't share them outside the church. That's not fair dealing. We've only paid for them uh, for use within our church and we're probably pushing it a bit by putting them on WhatsApp. But you'll be able to watch them again if you want to there. He does change his costume in every one of the... Uh, <laughs>